and you guys get to uh, see the, these youth love Jesus and uh, serve Him and serve you guys. So it's an awesome thing. Um, as you saw, one of our kids was up here. His name is Ben. He's awesome. I kind of put him on the spot probably like yesterday or the day before. I said, hey, you should do announcements. It'll be fun. Um, <clears throat> I think he had a good time doing it. But, but um, yeah, but, but he did an awesome job. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it can be nerve-wracking sometimes to be up here. Right? Um, but uh, so usually when, whenever Pastor Zeke is in here teaching, um, me or Pastor Daniel or Pastor Gary, we're going through uh, 1 Corinthians so we can have some, uh, you know, um, just go through a book so we can have some consistency in doing that. So um, if you want, if you would like to turn into your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that's where we're going to be at this morning. Um, and by the way, my name is Jacob. If you guys don't know who I am, um, me and my wife Sarah, we uh, serve in the youth ministry. We hang out with those youth kids. We love them. They're awesome. They exhaust us sometimes, but they're amazing. So um, another thing too, if you, for, you, for all of those uh, who were here um, yesterday and even Friday um, with our youth yard sale. Thank you guys so much for your donations and just helping out and uh, even coming in and, and buying stuff. Some of you guys drop stuff off, a truckload of stuff, and you fill the truckload back up with more stuff, so it was awesome. So um, thank you guys for, for just supporting the youth group and, um, you know, for just uh, for camps that we want to put on for um, outreaches that we want to do in this community and, and other things that we want to do to uh, to have these kids just um, grow in Jesus and make an impact for, for Jesus in this world. So Again, I thank you guys. So um, with that, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at verse 1. It says this, is, excuse me, hold on. Does any one of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare to go to the law, to um, go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If the world is to be judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life? So if you have law courts dealing with matters of this life, do you appoint them as judges who are, not, who are of no account in the church? I say this to your shame. Is it, is, it a, is it so that there is not among you one wise man who will be able to decide between his brethren? But brother goes to law with brother and before unbelievers. Actually, then, it is already a defeat for you that you have lawsuits with one another. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? On the contrary, you yourselves wrong and defraud. You do this even to your brethren. <clears throat> or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor um, infamites, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, that you've washed us, Lord. You've cleansed us, Lord, just as we sung those songs, Lord. Um, Lord, you, um, Lord, we pour out our praise to you, Lord. It, it is you, Father, who've Lord, uh, who saved us, Lord, when no one else could. Lord, it is you who've called us your children, Lord. Lord, it is you, Father, who, who've washed us of our sins, Lord, who, who've redeemed us, Lord. Who, um, Lord, it, it is you, Lord, that the only way to heaven, God, and we thank you for that, Lord. And, and it is you, Lord, that, that gives us this breath, Lord. And without breath, Lord, we want to we praise you, Lord. And I just thank you, Father, for your goodness as we get into your word, Lord, as we continue to worship, as we give attention to your word, Lord, and what you want to speak to us this morning, Lord, that you would... Um, Lord, help us just to receive your message. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would have full reign this morning, God, and that you would 
be exalted to you, be glorified, Lord, that we would apply these things to our lives, Lord, so that we can be more like you and be more of a light to this world. We love you and praise you in your name. Amen. So um, as I was saying yesterday, we, uh, <clears throat> we had our annual youth yard sale, and um, it's an awesome time, but it's a very exhausting time, you know, unloading stuff, walking around, and, you know, it was, it was a pretty, uh, it was a nice day, but it was a warm day, right? Um, you know, after a while, when you're working, when you're doing something, or if you're exercising, there's a lot of exercise equipment there, it was kind of funny, right? Um, the people were giving away, right? But we were, like, kind of testing it all out, but, like, I was thinking about exercising, right? Or, or when you're running, or when you do any type of, you know, uh, activity when, it, when you begin to strain your body, you know, when, when you begin to exercise or do anything like that, you know, your body starts to heat up, and, the, you know, your, your body then gives signals to, to, you know, to uh, the rest of it to, you know, open up the glands in your, in your skin to let out, you know, water, sweat, right, so we can cool down because our body needs to cool down. We only could um, tolerate so much of a, of a heat, then, you know, things start going wrong. Um, but all these things, you know, when you start jogging or you start exercising, I, I, I used to play soccer, my son plays soccer, I I coach soccer with them, um, running around with these little kids, and you begin to, your, your heartbeat gets faster, right? You begin to, to breathe more, right? Everything, your body's working together. Your, 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 uh, your blood's pumping more oxygen, more to, or your heart is pumping more blood and oxygen to your body so you can, you know, you can uh, keep going, right? So you can keep running. After a while, we kind of, we wear out sometimes, though. But, <clears throat> but the body is an amazing thing um, when, it's, when it's all working together, right? It, it's, it, it needs to work together for us to function, right? Um, Paul mentions a lot of times he refers to the church as the body of Christ, right? Um, as we've been going through 1 Corinthians, we've seen in this body of Christ in Corinth, there was a lot of issues, right? There's a lot of things going on. Um, you know, when we, when we cut ourselves, you know, when we get a good cut or we get something, our, our, you know, our, we begin, begin to bleed, but after a while, it be, the blood begins to coagulate. And inside, you know, um, behind the scenes, we start seeing what the body does. It sends white blood cells and starts kind of repairing itself, right, to an extent, um, and the body does that. It sends those signals to the rest of the body that this needs to happen. There's something wrong. We need to take care of that. Well, this church in Corinth, right, we, uh, as we've been studying, we're in chapter 6 now, we've been studying about all the things that, uh, you know, that wasn't working well, right? You know, the church of Jesus Christ, we're supposed to have this unity together. Right? We're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to serve one another. The Bible refers to a lot about bearing each other's burdens, bearing with one another. All right, the church in Corinth uh, was let's say, not doing that that well, right? As we left off, um, I believe Pastor Daniel is the one who spoke. Last time we were in Corinthians, he, he did chapter 5. You know, things that were going on in the church, they were boasting, there, there was, there was um, you know, little cliques going on. I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Jesus, right? They're, they're beginning to form these little groups and trying to say, oh, we're better because we're with Paul, we're better because we're with Apollos. And there was this um, competition going on in the church, and, uh, you know, competition is good in sports and, and uh and things of that, but when it comes to the church, you know, we're supposed to be united. Competition, I don't think, is a good thing. But uh, we've been re- reading about this. We've been seeing all these things, all these conflicts that were going on. The last thing we read in chapter 5 um, was about the, the sexual sin that was being allowed in the church where one man was, was having his, his uh, basically his, his stepmom, basically. And, and that, that type of thing, even the Gentiles didn't do, even though even the Gentiles were like, oh, that's kind of crazy that they would do something. Even, them, even they wouldn't do those things. And all these things that were happening in the church, they weren't happening, happening within the church, right? With, which is within the four walls of the church. Or, um, but uh, it, was, it was very public, right? The, the Gentiles, the, the world, the, the rest of the community around, they saw what was going on. And, and uh, because of that, you know, the testimony of the church, the testimony of Jesus Christ was, being, was basically being hindered, right? 
people are saying, I don't know if I want to go to that church. I mean, they, they don't seem any different than, than, than me and than what I'm doing in my life, so why go to church, right? Um, that's kind of where we left off. We left off on that note in regards to this and how, and how there was, a, you know, we talked about kind of like church, church discipline, right, when uh, sin shouldn't be allowed to just run rampant in the church. Obviously, the re, you know, we are all saved by grace, but God has, um, this is God's church, right? He, he says how it goes. It's a, we're supposed to be holy and pure before the Lord, so we're, um, you know, we're called to deal with, when, when there's issues in the church, we're called to deal with them. And chapter 6 says, no, uh, we, we continue with some more issues, right? Um, we start off in verse 1. It says, does any one of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Um, if I could, I, one of the things I like doing, especially in the youth, is after I read a passage, we kind of talk about it for a second, but then I like reading it through uh, the New Living Translation. It kind of you know, brings, it, brings a little more clarity. Um, so I'm going to read it to you again in the New Living Translation. It says this, When one of you has a dispute with another believer, how dare you file a lawsuit and ask a secular court to decide the matter instead of taking it to other believers? Don't you realize that someday we believers will judge the world? And since you are going to judge the world, can't you decide even these little things among yourselves? Don't you realize that we will judge angels? So you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in this life. If you have legal disputes about such matters, why go to outside judges who are not respected by the church? I am saying this to your shame. I'm saying this to shame you. Isn't there anyone in, in all of the church who is wise enough to decide these issues? But instead, one believer sues another right in front of you. Why not, why not accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let, your wrong, um, let yourself be cheated? Instead, you yourselves are the ones who do wrong and cheat even your fellow believers. Don't you realize that those who, those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or who commit adultery or, or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or are greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the Spirit of our God, and um, you know, we come to this section, and we, we we see what's going on here. There's all these civil suits going on in the in the church, and um, if I can give a little background with Corinth, right? We we've been talking about Corinth. We maybe we're already familiar with it, but another thing about the Corinthians, about this church, about this area in Athens and Greece, and everything, they were a very um, litigious culture, right? They they they're all about lawsuits to them. Um, they they were always suing each other. It says you know there was a, one of their um, one of their poets, one of their writers, he, you know, he was, or a playwriter, he was making a play, and he had one of his, his um, characters looking on the map to find out where Corinth is, where Greece was. And he said when he found it, he said, no, it can't be that way because I don't see no one having, no one having a lawsuit against another person. Basically, so in this culture, that was very um, prominent, taking each other to court. And it was such a, a matter that it was, it was, very, um, it was very public, it would be in the open square in the magistrates in the, in the courts so anyone could, can kind of see what was going on they can they can uh, observe to them it was a kind of a source of entertainment right just like we have court tv right we have the judge i don't even know what the ones are on there anymore but you know i just remember like judge judy and all those things and and just watching those from time to time it's like oh these are kind of crazy right well it was kind of in the same way it was a source of entertainment for them as well and to them it was it was a uh, it was they, they enjoy getting into these legal debates with each other just for just for sport and just for entertainment. 
right? But we don't know anything about that over here, right, in California or the United States or anything of that sort. But, um, but so we see this is going on. So, so Paul is dealing with this issue with these um, believers. They're taking each other to court over just, you know, trivial things, only just like the matters of the church. And he goes and tells them, he's like, you're, you, uh, you're going before the law courts and the unrighteous and not before the saints. See, one of the things that Paul was concerned about here was like, like um, as a church, you know, we should be able to deal with those things as the body of Christ. When there's disputes among believers, like we, we have our body, of, uh, the body of Christ, we have our leadership, we have the Holy Spirit of God that lives in us. Right? Why can't we solve those issues ourselves? But they wanted to take each other to the court in front of, in front of the unbelievers and, and, uh, and deal with these just really just small, simple matters Right, these little disputes that they were having among themselves, but they weren't going, you know, with to the to the leadership, to the passage, to each other. Right, they weren't trying to get each other involved. Say, hey, we just wanted like there's this issue going on. Why don't we just deal with it? Why don't we pray about it and and figure things out? But no, they're going to the courts and taking each other to the courts in front of the unrighteous. Right, and and uh, and and so doing. Right, everyone saw what was happening. Right, it was made very public to everyone else. Um. Again, it says in verse 2, it says, Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Right? If, if the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? Right? He's, he's basically saying a, another truth that we have as believers. See, that's the thing that's, uh, that's so awesome when we come to Christ. You know, he not only saves us from our sins, but in other verses he says he sees us in the heavenly places with him. But also not that. He says we're, one day we're going to judge the world. What does that mean? What, what are you talking about, judge the world, right? It says... Um, you know, after the after the tribulation period, we're in Revelation right now, right on on uh, on um, Sunday mornings when Pastor Zeke is teaching, right, and we're we're talking all about this about about the the, the great tribulation, the seven year period, and eventually we're going to get to the time when Jesus Christ comes back, his second coming, and after he comes back, he's going to set up what's called his millennial reign, right, this thousand year reign, where he's going to be in control of, of of everything, right, and the center of the world is going to be Jerusalem, and um, he's going to be the king and ruler of everything. And it says that as, as us as his people, we're going we're gonna to rule and reign with him. So basically what he's saying here, another truth that we maybe sometimes don't know or, or forget about, but we're going to be seated with God. We're going to have part in his basically judicial system in the, in, the, um, in the millennial kingdom. That's crazy, right, to think about. It's like one of those things where, you know, we see those infomercials and it's like, oh, if you buy this thing, but we'll give you this, this, and this, but wait, there's more, right? And that's how, the, that's how, we, that's, that's how we have it in Jesus Christ, right? It's not just... Oh, he saved us from our sins. He he had mercy on us. He didn't want us, you know, to uh, you know, to to um, face the wrath of God. It, it, there's more than that. We have we have heaven to look for. We have a place set set up for us in in heaven. You know, but wait, there's more. We're seated with with God in the heavenly places, right? But wait, there's more. We're gonna be with Him in ruling and reigning His millennial kingdom. It's just like it's it, it's crazy, right? It was enough for Him to just come and and, and save us from our sins, right? But yeah, He wanted to make us kings and priests with Him with our God, and that's. That's just um, that's just crazy to think about. It says in Revelation two twenty five through twenty seven, it says, "As nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. He who overcomes, and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him, I will give authority over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces. As I have also received authority from my Father." Right now, he's basically that's one of the verses where it talks about how we're going to rule and reign with Christ, how we're going to have this. This authority, and it, it's crazy to think about that we're going to have that. And he, Paul is telling all this; he's trying to remind them of the truth. The times, like, if, if we're being like prepared for that, if we're being groomed for that, like, why can't we just deal with our, our, our little issues that we have here, right? 
Um, you know, especially, you know, if you think about maybe family issues that we have, right? I know, you know, I come from a, um, a crazy family. I love them dearly, but, you know, they're crazy sometimes, right? And sometimes they, they just fight, like, all of a sudden they don't want to talk to each other for months on end, and, and they just act like little, like, sometimes they act like children. I mean, I have three children, and it's like, man, sometimes they act better than, than you adults do. You guys just bicker and fight over, over uh, dumb things. And, you know, obviously um, with, uh, with the advent of, of social media and stuff, sometimes when people are upset at each other and family, they start posting all over Facebook for the world to see, and it's kind of like, it's crazy when those things happen. Right, everyone's able to see that now, and, and, and sometimes it's just kind of like, man, that's, that's a shame that those things are happening. Why can't we just deal with these things and, and be done with them? But we make them, uh, we make them very public to everyone, and it was no, uh, it was the same thing in this church. And Paul was saying, no, why are we doing this? Why, why, are, we, why are we shaming Jesus Christ and, and not dealing with these issues? See, the thing, sometimes, you know, when, when someone knows, finds out you're a Christian, right, when they find out you believe in Jesus, they begin to look at you, right? They begin to examine, they begin to see, it's like, let's see, this guy says he's a Christian, this girl says they're a Christian. Let's see how they act, right? Let's see what, how they do when, you know, in certain situations. Let's see what, when, they, when, this, when this situation comes up or, or this, um, whatever, this talk comes up, how are they acting, right? And it's funny how they kind of know things, right? They, they know how Christians should act, right? If you're Christian, but yet you're going and, and getting drunk, they'd be like, I, th- I thought Christians didn't do that, right? Right, or if you're a Christian and maybe you know you're you're living with your boyfriend or girlfriend, like, I, I thought Christians didn't do that, right? They they kind of know these things, right? And, and even I think in the same way when it comes to these things, when they're fighting or, or suing each other, Christians and like, oh, I didn't. That that seems kind of kind of awkward, kind of weird to me. I thought Christians were supposed to love one another, right? And they they even know those type of things, even though they don't know the Lord, but they understand like that a Christian is supposed to be different, that we should be as as brothers and sisters in Christ, that we should be different than 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 the the world, right? Let me give you another verse. It says in uh, Revelation 20, verses 4 and six, uh, four through 6, Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been, uh, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded <clears throat> for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the end of the thousand years, the, until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them the second death holds no power, but they will be priests to God and to Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. That's awesome, right? That's something we should uh, just hold on to to remember that, that one day we're going to rule and reign with Christ. Um, and it's, just a, it's an amazing thing that God... You know, loves us that much that he's he's such a gracious God that he would allow us to have this type of, you know, um, honor in his courts. Right? That's amazing. Um, going on, it says in verse three, it says, "Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life?" Again, he's talking about how we're going to judge, um, you know, basically the demons that fell, right? The the angels, even even in the sense Satan himself, are right? we're going to be in in that in that place of authority, and I'm sure that that drives Satan crazy, right? Um, just coming here to church, uh, just trying to get here, you know, getting ready to, to teach this weekend has just been crazy, right? Just getting prepared for the yard sale, then knowing I was going to teach today, and, and getting all studied up, um, <clears throat> you know, it, um, getting ready to go to church. I had my dad's truck because I used it to come here to help with, with the yard sale. Um, you know, I, I went to go start the car. It just, the battery was dead. I don't even know. I went to, my wife dropped me off at um, my parents to get my car. So I, you know, started driving. I was barely, like, about to go around the block, and then the check engine light went on. I was like, so I just turned around. I mean, it was fine. It was driving, but I was like, I don't want to, like, take off, like, halfway down the, 
like halfway over here and it breaks down on me. So, um, you know, I went in, I told my dad, oh, your truck's not starting. He's like, what do you mean my truck's not starting? I said, I don't know, it's fine. We'll fix it later. Um, and then uh, they said, my car's not working well, so I'm just going to borrow, you know, the, the other car they had. And uh, it's just funny, like, trying to get over here and, like, it's like, oh, man, all these things. It was like, you know, um, just, just thinking about all those things, it's, it's just funny how sometimes, you know, the, the enemy likes to uh, distract and, and uh, to, to trip us up, right, when, um, to get our focus off of Jesus and, and what we're supposed to be doing as Christians and put it on other things and, and, and me and, and mine, you know, and, you know, I'm glad Pastor Jeek's not here because if I would have told him, he would have told me just stop being a baby, stop being a little girl because that's what he usually does, so, yeah. Yeah, usually when he tells me, he's like, how you doing? I just say, I'm fine, yeah. Because usually he says, oh, I'm tired, I had a long day at work. He's like, or something, and he'll say, oh, I just, just had a crazy long day, just a lot of things going on. He'll, usually what he says is like, try ruling the world one day. Don't worry about it, you're fine, right? So he's, you know, he says things like that. He always, uh, yeah, he's an encourager big time, right? Um, right, but again, he, he, he makes that point. He said, we're going to judge angels. God is grooming us for this thing, right? And uh, how much more the matters of this life. Uh, you, we have the Holy Spirit. If you, be, if you belong to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. We have this wisdom from God. We should be able to deal with those things. And it's funny because this Corinthian church, they boasted about their wisdom, right? This is, this is Corinth. This is like the area of Athens and Greece where they're all about philosophy and all about wisdom and knowledge. But yeah, these Christians, they couldn't even deal with their matters themselves, right? You know, Paul's basically saying that you guys are talking about all this wisdom that you guys you know, have that you possess as, as, you know, these high and mighty Christians, but yeah, you can't even deal with, with your little squabbles that you're having, right? So he's saying all these things to their shame. He's saying we need to deal with these things as Christians, just, just let them go and, and let's, let's, let's deal with these things. We have the, the church, right? And another thing that, you know, he's kind of alluding to is the fact that they had no trust in the, in the leadership or no trust in the church. That, hey, we can deal with these matters. Um, I was kind of reading and I was, you know, there, there are those type of, um, <clears throat> they do have out there, you know, Christian, uh, you know, arbitrators, right? They, 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 you know, they come and they're able to, to do, um, in regards to civil sp- disputes, be, be able to be that third party that kind of, you know, helps deal with that instead of having to go to all the way to the courts and do all these legal matters, but they're able to do it, you know, the, these um, arbitrary things. And that, that was pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't know they, they did things like that. But, um, but, you know, we have the church, we have each other, we have the leadership, and, and um, you know, we have the, we, we know who God is, the God that we serve, and we should be able to, to deal with those matters, you know, I've I've come from a you know church when I was younger, um, a church that ended up splitting over disputes. Right, it's not even a church anymore. And that was you know when I was in uh, in junior high, when I was a teenager, started going to church. My parents started going to church, and it was really awesome. We were go, we were involved in everything, and but after a while, you know, there, there started becoming dissensions and disputes, fights with among among one another, and you know we left the church because the church split. Like half the people went with one one of the leaders, the other with the other one, and. Um, and at the time, I was like, this is, you know, this is just, I was a kid, so I was like, this is dumb. Like, I don't really want to deal with church. It's just any different than, like, my family fighting at, at parties, you know, um, things like that. But, it, but those type of things, when they happen, it's just, uh, you know, it, it, gives, it gives an opportunity. It gives for the, you know, for the enemy to, you know, to, to mock the Lord. Like, when, when those things happen, they couldn't, we couldn't deal with the issues in the church, and the church split, and the church is no more anymore. And, and uh, you know, seeing sometimes, seeing the people here and there, you see that they're not even following Christ, you know, in, in these matters, and, and, um, but it just, it just gives a, a, a black eye to our testimony in Christ when, when we're not able to deal with those issues, um, you know, I, I've, uh, just, I've, I've seen those things in, in the, in the past, you know, when, you know, people get upset with the church for whatever reason, you know, I hear about, you know, when, when schools are attached to the church or things like that, and, 
and uh, parents don't like a certain thing. They try to sue the church and, and all this stuff. And instead of trying to deal with the matters, and it just gets ugly and it gets it gets uh, it gets nasty, right? And and um and sometimes it becomes very public, where you know it's in newspapers and all these things, and and or on Facebook or whatever social media, whatever the case may be, and it just brings shame to the church because we can't deal with these issues ourselves, right? Even the even the Jews, right? The Jewish people at this time, the unbelieving Jews who didn't who didn't uh, accept Jesus Christ as their Messiah, as the Christ, right? They wouldn't, they would deal with their civil disputes in the synagogues among themselves, right? Their, their thought was, uh, you know, these, these are, these are, these pagan Romans, like, they don't know what, they don't know the ways of God, you know, uh, they don't know that we're the children of God, we can deal with these issues, we're going to deal with them, right? They, they were able to, um, to get that, uh, you know, to have that responsibility, you know, through Rome, because Rome at the time was the, the, you know, the world power at the time, but, but they were allowed to have these, um, you know, that part of it where in their own synagogues, in their own courts, they can deal with those type of issues, right? Obviously criminal issues, and it came to that was all Rome. But when it came to civil disputes, they were allowed to do it amongst themselves. As Jewish, they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to go to, a, you know, to the Roman courts. They're like, no, we, we can deal with it. You know, God, we, we serve the, you know, the God of Israel, the true and living God. Like, we, we can handle these situations, right? But, um, you know, these Christians, they weren't able to. So they went to court. It was, such, it was a public thing. They were fighting with each other, I'm sure, Things got maybe a little nasty, right? Words were said, you know, a little uh, ang- anger came out, and all these things. But um, but he says, you know, these things are to your shame. And verse four says, so if you have law courts dealing with matters of this life, do you appoint them to judges who are of no account in the church? And when he says this, he's not saying that we shouldn't like have any respect for authority, right? He, in Romans, he's pretty clear that we need to be subject to the authority of, of this world, right? He's not saying that, but he's saying when it comes to Christian matters, why are we going to put it, give it to judges who, especially judges who don't know the Lord, like they're not going to understand, right? It says, you know, back in a first, um, a first Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. Verse 16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he should instruct them? But we have the mind of Christ, right? So he's saying here is that you guys, are, you guys have the mind of Christ, you guys have the Spirit of God living in you, but you're going to judges, these secular judges who don't know the Lord, and, and you're allowing them to, to, um, you know, to deal with things within the church that they don't understand, right? Sometimes when you talk to someone that don't know the Lord, and, and you're talking about what you, what you do, and, and how, you know, I, I went to Bible college when I was younger, you know, it's, it's a non-accredited college, and people are like, why, why would you even go there, right? What, like, there's no, there's no point. Like, even if I got my associates in theology, it means nothing because it's not accredited. Right? But I went there because I wanted to draw closer to Jesus. I wanted to, to know more of the Lord. And, and you know, a lot, of, a lot of my family didn't understand that. They're, they thought it was, it was the dumbest thing. It was a waste of my money, a waste of my time to, to do that. <clears throat> but, um, you know, but I knew that that's what the Lord was calling me to, so I, I went, and I mean, I, I, it was the most... One of the most awesome times I had, I wouldn't, um, you know, I, I grew so much in the Lord, just being away from all my comforts and just, um, you know, um, growing a God in myself. And, and uh, but you know, unbelievers they don't understand those things, right? They don't understand like what the things that we do as Christians. Why we, I mean, maybe they understand. Oh yeah, you go to church on Sunday. You know, that's that's yeah, I, I get that. But you go to th- church on Thursday, you do like a Tuesday night Bible study. That's out of control, right? Right? Is that you're getting you're getting out of hand with that, right? Um, I love I love college football, right? I love soccer. Um, you know, and the, sometimes the same type of people that say, "Oh, you're you're getting too crazy with this Jesus stuff." You know, they're the ones that, you know, zero degree weather, like paint their whole bodies with no shirt and like yelling for their team, and they're out of control. 
you know, and, and they do those things, but yet when we, when, when we want to do these things for Jesus and, and give our time and, and tithe and do all these things, they're like, whoa, that's, that's a little out of hand now. You have to just calm down with that, right? Um, they say those things, but he's saying here, so why, why do, you know, you're, you're, these matters of this life that you're appointing to judges who have no account in the church, who don't understand, you know, what's, what's going on in the church, why are you allowing them to, you know, to deal with these things? You guys should deal with it yourself. We have our leadership here who, you know, who, who desire to, to know God and to be pleasing to Him and, and, and um, you have devoted themselves to the Word of God and to, you know, to being, um, to being these, these pastors and these leaders, and we have that. And we have, again, we have each other, right? We have the Spirit of God living in us. We should be able to handle these situations ourselves. Verse 5, it says, I say this to your shame. It is so that there is none among you, not one wise man among you, who will be able to decide between the brethren. But brother goes to law with brother and that before unbelievers, right? Again, he says this. Um, it's, you know, I was reading this statistic. It says each year in the United States, there's 15 million lawsuits or civil suits that are filed, right? And he says most of them that are filed, it's because people have this uh, thought that you know, if they file, if they sue someone, there's a lawsuit, they're going to end up having like, you know, a big payout, a big paycheck. But he says most of them are just frivolous lawsuits that don't end because that's, that's, that's not how it goes, right? <clears throat> but we kind of see the idea, you know, that the reason why is, it's not because, you know, oh, you know, they, they just wanted to, um, they wanted to be right or wrong, you know, it, and some of it is because, you know, they're just, it was for their own selfishness, and they, hey, I can sue this person because they did this little thing, so I'm going to try to get money out of them, right? And, um, and that, that's a shame that we see that, we see that happen, you know, um, you see that happen a lot of times when, when a family member dies or, like, a, a parent dies, and, and whatever's left over, the, the children, they fight over it, right? They begin to get really ugly, and, and sometimes even it goes to court because they want, you know, they're like, oh, I, I want this and, and that, and it's like, well, it's, it's not worth it, right? Now, like, there's this, um, you know, broken fellowship with, with brother, sister, with family, you know, and, and it can get really ugly, you know, and it, it's sad how when it gets like that, when my, my grandma passed away, a lot of her family got like that, right? She, you know, she didn't have, she didn't leave much, but the little that she, she did leave, you know, there was a lot of fights and everything over, and it, just, it was just, it was just out of control, right? That, that happens. Um, but we, we see here, it's saying, like, what, why are we doing this? You know, and um, um, excuse me, sorry. But going back to this verse, I was thinking of just some thing, characteristics that we should be having as Christians, right? Uh, let me read you a couple of verses if I could. It says in Philippians, let me find the verse. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8, in the New Living Translation, says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but Take interest in others. That's hard to do sometimes, right? You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to, be, to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave that was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. See, we have this example, and, it, and it's funny, um, you know, when... When, uh, when somebody asks you to do something, it's like, well, I'm not going to do it. You're not doing it, right? We can't say that. Jesus Christ is the one who led the example for us, right? That's how, this is the characteristic of, 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 of Christians, right? We need to die to ourselves, right? We, sometimes we don't like doing that, right? Our, our, flesh is, uh, our flesh is weak, right? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, uh, but this, is, this should be a, a trademark, you know, characteristic as a Christian. Jesus himself said in, in John 13, 34, right, that we need a new commandment that I give to you, that we love one another, right? Just as I have loved you, we should also love one another. You know, by this, 
all men will know that you're my disciples because of the love that you have one another. The love we're supposed to have is unconditional love, right? It's the word agape, right? We're supposed to have this unconditional love, a love without conditions. It's not, it's not a love that's like, oh, I'll love you as long as you don't wrong me, right? As long as you don't cheat me, then I'll love you. But if you do, if you do those things, then that's different. Right? I don't know if I can love you, right? <clears throat> but that's not the love he's talking about. We need to have, and we see this example in Christ, right? We see that, that you know, he, uh, he, he came down from heaven and he became, he says a slave, that always, that always just kind of, uh, you know, like blows my mind is, you know, like, I know, I guess for myself, is if, I, if I had to come down and, I'll come down like maybe as like a CEO as a major corporation or something like that, or as a king or something. So, but he didn't. He, said he came as the lowest form as a slave, and he was obedient to God to the point of death, even death on the cross. Right? In Hebrews 12, it says, "For the joy set before him, he endured the cross." And that was for us, so we can have fellowship with him. Right, we're supposed to have fellowship with him. We're supposed to have fellowship with one another as believers. We're supposed to bear one another's burdens. The Bible says. But sometimes, you know, we. Uh, we let ourselves get in the way, right? The enemy likes to throw the, the enemy likes to sow discord among the brethren, right? He likes to throw things in there to trip us up, to to make us fight against one another, right? Those those type of things they and they're gonna damage the church, right? When we start fighting, right? When we start trying to say, oh, this is, I, I want justice, right? I want I want this, I want what's right, right? Um, sometimes we cry to God, God, give me justice for this person, or give me justice, God, and and um. Just thinking about this, like, I don't, I, you know, I, I desire the mercy of God, right? Because if I got God's justice, that means I would have to deal with my, with my sins, right? It would have came upon me, but it came upon Jesus because he, because we serve a merciful and a gracious God, right? And because those are characteristics of, of Christ, and those are supposed to be characteristics of the church, then why aren't they, right? Why are, why are we fighting with one another, right? It says in First John, it says that, that, uh, you know, Christ laid down His life for us; we should also lay down our life for one another. That's hard to do sometimes, right? That's a that, that's a hard thing to do at times, but we need to to um to do those things. <clears throat> in verse seven, it says, "Actually, then it is already a defeat for you that you have lawsuits with one another. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? On the contrary, you yourselves wrong and defraud. You do this even to your brethren." Right again, he goes back to that. He's saying yeah, the, all these things are going on. Why why not why not be wrong? Why not be defrauded? But, like, but you don't understand, Paul. Like. I want this. I want this. Is this isn't right? What's going on? Right. In Matthew chapter eighteen, it talks about, um, you know, the, how church discipline, right? How how we should be acting with one another when when disputes come, when sin comes in the church among each other. There there is such a thing as church discipline, right? It says in Matthew, eighteen verses fifteen through seventeen, it says, if any if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out these offenses, the offense. If the other person listens and confesses that you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you to go back. Right? It doesn't say, if you're unsuccessful, talk about them on Facebook. Right? Or tell everyone about them. It doesn't say anything like that. <clears throat> but if you're unsuccessful, take one or two with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector, right? It's pretty clear, right? There is such a thing as church discipline in the church, right? If, um, you know, in the church, we, we desire to be holy and pure before the Lord, and we, we can't allow just, you know, obviously sin to, or to, just to run rampant in the church. That's going to destroy the church, right? We know the wages of sin is death, and it's, it's, you know, that, that principle is pretty clear, right? But there's obviously, there's ways, there's avenues to, to deal with situation when someone is dealing with sin, 
um, you know, to, to come, or when, when there's sin among each other, when there's an offense, you know, we need to come, and it, it, just like it says, hey, come, say, hey, you know, this is, I know, you know, I don't know if whatever the case may be, I know we had this maybe argument or dispute, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's deal with it, let's pray about it, let's just figure it out, they're unwilling to do this, and we take one or two other people, just so we can have that, that accountability, right, it says in the, but two or three witnesses, um, you know, uh, what did it say, excuse me, if they refuse to listen, I lost the verse word, I'm sorry about that. Um, so everything you may say will be confirmed by two or three witnesses, excuse me, right? But we need to do those things. And if, even still, if that happens, if, if that doesn't resolve the issue, then you take it to the church. And even if you come before the leadership and say, hey, you know, th- what you're doing is wrong, what you're doing is, is, um, is not right in the eyes of the Lord, you need, let's, let's pray about this, you need to repent of those things, right? We, want, we don't want that in the church. We don't want sin in the church. We want fellowship because sin, you know, it separates our fellowship with God, but it also separates it, it, our fellowship with one another. Right, if they still refuse, and we have to say, "Hey, you know," then you're not welcome. Just like welcome here, just like in chapter five, where we read about the um, the man who was with his um, his stepmom. Right, he refused to to get out of the relationship, so they they kicked him out of the church. Right, they say, "Hey, kick him out of the church." Like that that's that's how it was, and we might think, "Oh man, that's wrong. That's not right. That's that's not that's not loving." Well, it's, it's it is loving. We want to love. We want to show them say we we love God. We love Jesus, but you can't be allowed to just to. To do what you want to just be in, in a active sin in the church, right? Obviously, there's a difference between active sin when you're just habitually sinning, and when we, you know, when we stumble and fall at times, right? There's there's a difference, right? But that's what he's saying here is that there there are these um, there's ways we deal with with things in the church with with individuals who don't desire to to live according, you know, to um, you know, to the, the the Lord and His commandments and what the Word of God says. That's what we desire. That's what we should, we should desire to do, right? As Christians in the church, you know that's that's one of the things I always stress to the kids. Right when we come in here, this is, you know, we're here to um, to worship Jesus, right? To draw closer to Him, right? Um, all the the center of attention is always going to be on Jesus Christ, not on not on me, not on someone else, right? And uh, you know, we, obviously we we have fun when we're in there. We want to learn about Jesus, but uh, you know, when we're reading the Word of God, there there needs to be that uh, right that that um, respect for it. sometimes you know. Um, Kids can sometimes be a little talkative and and uh, and whatever, and they say, "Hey, just shh for a little bit," you know. And and for the most part, you know, they um, you know, they'll listen. But sometimes I have to be like, "Hey, this is why," you know. Like I was, I wasn't trying to tell you just because I'm like this mean guy. Every every little thing you do, so stop doing that, stop doing that, right? That was because we want to give attention to God's word, and we, I want you to grow in the Lord, right? We always, well, I always try to uh, you know, come come at the kids if I have to talk to them about something in a way that's like lovingly, right? Not just like, "Oh, you're a teenager, you're you're you know," or whatever the case may be, and and bash them down, but I show them in a loving way. I, I desire to show them in a loving way. It's like this is why, you know, we um, we give attention to the Word of God. This is why, you know, we I ask like no when we're reading the Word of God, no no chit chattering among each other. You know that, that we'll have time after to do that. But right now we want to give attention to God's Word or, or worship, and um, and prayer. But you know, but there are disciplines and there's 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 ways in the church to deal with those things. But he's saying that they're, they're going to, to brethren with one, um, to court with one another. In the end, in verse eight, it says, "On the contrary, though you yourselves wrong and defraud, you do this even to your to your brethren." See, they're they're taking each other to court, but at the same time, they're doing the same thing, right? He was basically kind of revealing their hypocrisy, right? They're saying, "Oh, you know, th- what, what I'm doing is okay, but if it's done to me, then that's not okay. I'm going to have to take this person to court and deal with it, right?" <clears throat> but at the same time, they're doing the same type of thing, and he now he goes in verse nine, he reminds them where they came from, and, and those who, who want to live an active life like that, who want to say, oh, I'm a Christian, but yet they want to be the ones defrauded, and they want to be the ones who are living in this, 
in the sin and uh, doing these things, he's letting him know, do you not know that the unrighteous will, inherit, will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor um, effeminates, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. It's a pretty uh, extensive list, right? I remember when I, when I first came to the Lord, I read this verse, and I was thinking of all, like, what, what the Lord brought me out from. And, and at first, it was kind of like, I don't know, for me, it was just kind of like, man, it was condemning, right? It's like, man, all these things, that these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. These, these, and um, and what, what Paul is saying, he's not saying that if you, know, if you do these things, then you're you know, automatically disqualified, right? We have, if we call upon the name of the Lord, you know, we will be saved. The Bible's very clear about that. But I remember reading these, I was like, man, it just made me feel like, really, like, man, I used to do, like, some of these things on this list. Like, that, that's, that was my, what my life was all about. <coughs> But um, but then we obviously, when we read the next verses, but such were some of you, right? We see the redemption of God. But going back, he, he's basically saying, he's saying, hey, you guys are doing this sin. You guys are defrauding your brothers. You guys are doing this, um, you know, this wrong against them. He's like, don't you know, like, those who thieve, those who lie, like, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Like, you should know this, because that, that, that was once you. Right? You should understand that this is what happens, right, to, that this is what God brought you out of. So, so what are you doing? He's, he's basically trying to sum you can't just say you're a Christian and say, oh, I'm a Christian, but, you know, those things, it's going to be proven by, by your life, right? It says in James, um, James chapter 2, verses, four, uh, verses 14, then 17 and 18, it says this, it says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that, can that faith save anyone? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough, unless it produces good deeds, it is, uh, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good, uh, good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Right? That's, that's kind of what Paul is trying to get to. He's like, you, know, you can't just say you're a Christian. It needs to be shown in your actions. It needs to be shown by your love for one another. Right? They were, you know, these Christians were suing one another, and they had, no, they had no reservation about it. They had no hesitation. They were just doing it. They didn't care. They're like, oh, maybe I should just try to talk it out and, and deal with it, right? Maybe even though I was wrong, maybe I should try to deal with it. You know, it says in the Word of God that, that uh, love covers a multitude of sins, right? When we're, when we're wrong, you know, we, um, we show love. You know, Jesus was wrong when he was on the cross, right? When he was being hung on the cross and in the, in the, in all, the, um, you know, all the Pharisees and all the people were, were mocking him, were saying all these things, right? We know what he said, right? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, right? He could easily have said, he's like, go check it out. Like, you know, you guys are making all this fun. You're, you're mocking me. You're doing all these things. You know, and, and you're about to kill me. Well, three days later, I'm gonna I'm coming back and I'm coming for you, right? I'm gonna get you. He he didn't say anything like that, right? He said, "Father, forgive them for I, I, they know not what they're doing," right? Right? And sometimes for us, we're like, "Oh no, I, I want." We read the, when we read the verses like, "Vengeance is mine," saith the Lord, I will repay it. Right? Sometimes we're like, "Yeah, I understand that God, I read that in the Word, but let me be that instrument which you use your vengeance," right? No, and, and we want to say those type of things, and um. But sometimes that's a hard thing to do, right? When we're wronged, like our pride gets in the way, right? Um, I work with a, um, before I went to Bible college, it was, I don't know if it was the Lord just kind of really preparing me because uh, you know, I was, I was uh, getting ready to go to Bible college. I was working at this job. You know, my parents were like, oh, just take some time off you know, where you can get ready for Bible college. But I never liked doing that. So I you know, got a job working at a, a contractor for the railroad. And um, I was working with all these guys and it was just the craziest thing, like how, how um how grown men can act sometimes. You know, these guys were with families and everything and they're always like 
just arguing with each other and doing all this stuff, like getting in fights and, and, and all this crazy stuff. And it's just like, it's just out of control. And I, you see sometimes the pride of people, right? And they're just, just because they looked at each other the wrong way, they're like, oh, you looked at me wrong, you disrespected me. And, and, um, and we can, and, and all those things, all that pride can get in, even in the church, it can come to us, oh, no, I was disrespected. Disrespected, that's not okay, right? You know, I, or whatever the case may be. Well, Jesus Christ, he was mocked, he was beaten, he was crucified, he was humiliated on the cross, right? But yeah, he didn't make an offense back, right? He didn't say, or I'm gonna, he didn't threaten to say, I'm going to get you when I come back, right? And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And, you know, we're, we need to be doing the same things, forgiving one another, right? Um, it says in Matthew 18, 21 through 35, I can read you guys a, a story. I, I love this, this passage, it's really good. Uh, um, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to, um, to, to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him a million dollars. Right? He couldn't pay, so his master ordered them to be sold along with his wife and his children and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the, but the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me, I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity and compassion for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to the fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart, right? That's what he says here. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty clear, right? We, um, you know, God forgave us, Christ forgave us of our sins, a tremendous debt, but yet um, sometimes we can't even forgive a little offense that another brother or sister has for us. We, we, we take it, we hold it to heart, and you know, we hold grudges, right? It shouldn't be that way. But then he goes on and says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And he gives this list. And sometimes what we can do, we see this list, and we can only, only pick out certain things. Oh, okay, um, fornicators, yeah, adulterers, yeah, that's, that's totally not okay, right? Homosexuality, oh, definitely not. You know, we, and, and, and we say all these things, but then sometimes when we say these things, we, we denounce these things, and, and, uh, but yet sometimes we allow other things to slide, right? So, oh, yeah, you, you get drunk every, every weekend. That's, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's probably not the best thing to do, but it's not as bad as homosexuality, right? So it's fine. And we can sometimes say that in the church, or we can say fornication, right? It's not that bad as long as you're, you know, not a, an adulterer. It's, we we kind of let those things slide, or even in our own lives, we denounce these things. But in, but we're, uh, you know, we're cheating and we're thieving and reviling. All these, all these things, all these sins are, are are basically categorized together, right? We sometimes think, oh, you know, we think this sin is like unique in God's eyes. They like he he, but no no no, no it's it's God is holy, right? God is a holy God, and we we can do that. We can say, oh, you know, this is something that God really, really hates and disgusted by, but this isn't as bad. No, God, God is holy. God is pure. God's, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts, and we need to understand that. But he's saying here, again, 
right? That he, he gives his lips, he says, but such were some of you, right? And that, man, that's, that's, a, that's redemption right there. That's, that's, that's amazing to me that God, he says, such were some of you, there is power in Jesus Christ, you know, to change a life, right? To, to have a new life in Jesus Christ. It says, whoever's in Jesus Christ is a new creation, new creature, right? All those old things have gone away. Behold, everything is new now. And it was, it was evident in their lives, but yet they were still kind of um, dealing with other things. And he's saying, you know, such were some of you, be done with those things, right? Maybe sometimes we, we do mess up in the church. We're called to repent. God is willing to forgive us. The church will, is, is, should be willing to forgive and say, okay, let's restore each other back to the fellowship and let's, let's move on from here, right? All right, let's not, you know, sometimes we say when, when we want to, we have a grudge or we're, we're upset with someone, they just bury the hatchet, you know, they just forget about it, forgive and forget. It's like, oh, I'm going to forgive, but I'm never going to forget, right? It says in Psalms that as far as the east is from the west, that's as far as God has cast away his sins from us, right? And we need to understand that we need to have mercy, right? We need to be um, consistent in our, and I know, like, you know, there, there's that big issue in, in the world and society right now with, you know, all the all this stuff that's going on with, with restrooms, with, with all these things, and, and everything, we can get so upset and so mad, and, and, you know, we need to stand for righteousness, but at the same time, we need to we need to show the love of Christ, right? Sometimes we can be so, oh, you know, like, homosexuals are not allowed in the church. They should be allowed. They need to be here. They need Jesus Christ, right? We need to go out and talk to them. Sometimes we can be so so um, mad, and we can rage against these things, right? But we need to, uh, there needs to be that balance with love and, and holiness, right? Just as God you know, loved us, but yeah, he was a holy God. He made a way for us to be right with him. He sent his son to die for us, right? In the same way, we need to love one another. We need to be lights. That's what we're called to do, right? We're, we're the body of Christ. We need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And when there's dissension in us, when we, you know, when we're sinned against each other, when we're fighting, we're quarreling, we, we dim that light of Christ in our lives, in the church, because we're doing these things. But again, he says, such were some of you, but you were washed Right, but you were washed, you were cleansed. I love that verse. You were washed and cleansed. It says in Titus chapter three, verse five, it says that He saved us not on the basis of our deeds, of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. I love that verse. You should highlight that verse like a smiley face or something. It's an amazing verse, right? It's awesome. Um, but He said He washed us, right? He's the one who cleansed us, right? We sing, we sing those. Remember that old hymn, what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, right? Not our deeds, right? Not us uh, condemning the certain sin, right? Not us um, going before the courts and saying, hey, I was right, they were wrong. No, it's, it's Jesus Christ's blood, right? Because we are washed, we are sanctified. That means we're set apart for God, right? We're set apart from this world, and now we're set apart for God, and he has, you know, um, he has a, a task for us to do, right? We're sanctified in Christ. In John, the Gospel of John, chapter um, 17, verse 17, it says this. It says, Jesus was praying to God the Father, and he tells him to sanctify um, He says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sake I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Right? We're sanctified in Christ. We're set apart just as... Just as God sent Christ into the world, now we're being sent into the world. We're set apart so we can go and, and be the light of Christ. And then he says we are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the, whole, the Spirit of God. In Romans, it talks about how we're justified in Christ. Romans 3.24 says this, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Right? We're justified because of what Christ Jesus did on the cross, not because we're good people. Right? 
It's because it's finished work on the cross, and when we put our trust in that, now we stand before God as righteous, and not in our own righteousness, but in Christ's righteousness, and that's, again, that's amazing, right? It's nothing that we did. It's nothing we can ever do. It's what Christ did for us on the cross. He's the one who did the work and paved the way, and when we give our life to him, now we stand in this position of righteousness in Christ. And it says we did all this, and that was all done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. He says all this, right? Paul says all this to let him know, it's like, to, to let to to have them understand is look how much Christ loved us right look at look all look at everything he went through right he washed us he sanctified us he justified us right Christ did all these things for us so we can may, be made right with him so we can have fellowship with him so we can have um, heaven to look forward to with God right so we can sing his praises and and be one with one another in church so why can't we just deal with our our, our little issues right why can't we love one another in the church, right? Why can't we be show that love in such a way that we are an example and we are a light to this world and be like, yeah, I want to be here because I know these Christians, they love one another. They're there for they're one another. They're there to bear each other's burdens, right? They're there for, um, you know, to, you know to, to consider others higher than themselves, to be like Christ. So, yeah, that's where I want to be. And I want to, I desire, you know, I desire to be that light and that's, that's what the church needs to be like. Um, again, sometimes maybe we, we deal with stuff and maybe it's hard for us to uh, when we're wrong, we, we hold these grudges and we want to let go of them, but we're so, you know, in those ways, you know, God is uh, God is God knows how to work in our lives and knows how to change our hearts for His for His glory. Um, you know, at the end, we always have prayer teams. You know, get, you know, the Lord wants to work in our lives for His glory. You know, the, the times are short, right? The, the the days are evil, and we need to um, you know, we need to get ready to you know to do the work of the Lord and not worry about all these other things that hinder us. Um, so I encourage you guys to get prayer. You know, God is good. We have awesome brothers and sisters who want to pray with you and, and lift you guys up. So with that, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much, God, that you made, you set the example, Lord, of how we're supposed to be with one another, Lord, the love that we're supposed to have, Father. Lord, at times, Lord, our flesh gets in the way, Lord, our, our self gets in the way, God, and we want what's right for us, Lord. We want our will to be done, God. But, Lord, we want your will to be done, Father. Lord, you've forgiven us, Lord, such a great and tremendous debt. Lord, how can, Lord, uh, we not forgive just these little trivial things that we deal with with one another, God? I pray that we would, Lord, be united together, Lord, for your glory, Lord, for, for Lord, just as uh, the, the vision that Pastor Zeke has for this church, for us to go there for, Lord, we can't go there for, Lord, if we're divided, Lord. So I pray, Father, that you would unite us, Lord, in, in love, Lord, and in, and in you, God, and that we would, Lord, bear one another's burdens, Lord, um, Die to ourselves, Lord, and and, um, and consider one um, one higher than ourselves, Lord. So, as we continue just to worship you, Father, I pray for all those, Lord, who may be dealing with those type of issues, Lord, that they would get prayer, Lord, and and just um, seek your wisdom, God. We love you. We praise you, Lord. We lift this all up to you in your name. Amen.